You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. LSU quarterback TJ Finley to Auburn. The former freshman quarterback for the LSU Tigers could be eyeing a move to the Auburn Tigers. He lists a couple of other SEC schools as well, but uh, could he head to Auburn and give Bo Nix some competition? We'll give you the latest there. We're uh, going to talk all things Georgia Bulldogs as well with our buddy Wes Blankenship, host of the Shock and Ship podcast find out from him what exactly georgia needs to do this year to finally break through and win that national championship and we'll talk with Wes about his uh, viral videos from a while back as the uh, high school football broadcaster for coffee town you don't want to miss that i'm chris gordy be sure to follow locked on sec for free wherever you get your podcast you get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day and a quick reminder to uh, subscribe to all our great locked on sec podcasts uh, locked on lsu locked on razorbacks Locked on uh, Bulldogs, whatever your school is, we got it for you on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. So there's a heated off-season quarterback competition going on across the SEC over at LSU. Miles Brennan and Max Johnson are jockeying for that starting job, and TJ Finley appeared to be the odd man out. The guy who was a freshman last year completed 80 of his 140 passes for just under 1,000 yards. He go with five touchdowns, five interceptions. In an interview with 24-7 Sports, Finley said his transfer decision could be coming within the next two weeks. Among the schools he's interested in looking at, he singled out several SEC teams, including Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Auburn, all his SEC schools that have reached out to him since he entered the transfer portal. But in fact, Finley claims he's heard from Brian Harson and the Auburn coaching staff every day since he announced he is leaving LSU. Finley said to 24-7 Sports, quote, there is an opportunity there. A lot of people in the organization there since the new staff got there believe I can come in and compete for the starting job. It ain't like me uh, going there to be a backup. So Bo Nix... They have some real competition there on the Plains. And if you're an Auburn fan, you're going, yes, bring it on, please. <laughs> Nothing against Bo Nix, but uh, TJ Finley is good enough to uh, push him. He's got a big arm. And I talk about it all the time. The one thing that stood out to me with Finley, the first game he started at LSU against, against South Carolina, he wasn't rattled. I look calm as a cucumber, as a true freshman getting in there. So uh, we'll be interested to see where he ends up. But, man, if he ends up in another SEC school, well, uh, you know, maybe something that comes back to haunt LSU down the road. Over at Arkansas, less than a month ago, Arkansas Athletic Director Hunter Juracek lamented that full capacity would not be allowed at Baumwalker Stadium this year. But yesterday, he changed course on that topic. He said, quote, I just think the virus and how we've managed that in our community and how we've managed it in our our athletic department, we haven't had a positive test since March. I think the chancellor has a little bit more comfort level now that graduation is behind us. I think vaccinations have gone well. And Arkansas is going to open up the stadium for the three-game series between number one Arkansas and number seven Florida scheduled to begin next Thursday. Arkansas officials have gradually reopened the baseball stadium in recent months. They've gone from 4,200 to 6,700 for the first four games in May, and 
Now it sounds like they're going to go even higher. Uh, listed capacity is 11,500, so it sounds like they may have that next week, hosting the uh, top 10 Gators at Arkansas. Multiple SEC stadiums, by the way, including Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, they have reopened to full capacity in recent weeks. Arkansas has also played games this season at Ole Miss and LSU when full capacity was allowed there. In football news, the Egg Bowl has moved back to its traditional home. The SEC announced yesterday that the annual rivalry between Mississippi State and Ole Miss has been officially switched to Thanksgiving night for both the 2021 and 2022 seasons. When the 2021 SEC football schedule was initially released, the Egg Bowl was scheduled to be played on Saturday, November 27th, but uh, they are going to move it back to Thanksgiving. The next installment of that series will take place later this year, Thursday, November 25th in Starkville. It'll be a 6.30 central kickoff on ESPN. And then next year, the game will take place in Oxford. That'll be a Thursday, November 24th, 2022. The series has been held on Thanksgiving night 23 times previously. Ole Miss and Mississippi State have met 117 times. And it's the second most played rivalry game in the SEC with the first game taking place back in 1901. Ole Miss holds a 62-46-6 and advantage in the series. The game is the 10th longest uninterrupted series in college football being played every year since 1944. Other SEC football news, former Auburn safety Chris Thompson Jr. has announced his new school destination. After entering the transfer portal earlier this month, he is headed to USC at Southern Cal. Uh, Thompson, who spent one year at Auburn as a former four-star recruit out of the state of Texas, chose to play for Auburn over the likes of USC, Alabama, Ohio State, and Texas. He was the 24-7 composite number 199 overall recruit, number 17 safety in the 2020 class. Played in six games with eight tackles last year. Before the transfer, uh, Thompson was expected to compete for a backup spot this year behind Smoke Monday in the secondary. Former LSU passing game coordinator Scott Linehan is staying in the SEC, if you're unaware. His son Matt Linehan is a grad assistant at Mizzou, and now his dad will be joining Eli Drinkwitz's staff in Columbia. Yesterday, Missouri officially announced the hire of Scott Linehan, former Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator last year, was the passing game coordinator for LSU. Eli Drinkwitz said, Scott is an exciting addition to our staff, a true veteran of the profession with experience at a variety of levels. And Linehan released a statement said, I have great respect for Coach Drinkwitz and his vision for our program. Mentoring college players is an aspect of the profession I've always enjoyed. Over at Vanderbilt, the Commodores continue to mine the nation for unheralded prospects eager to play their college football in Nashville. Yesterday, Texas native Dorian Gates announced his commitment to Clark Lee's Vanderbilt program. Six foot four, 200 pounder out of Klein Oak High School in Houston. Rated as a three star by 24 7 Sports, the number 49 weak side defensive end in the country for the 2022 cycle. Committed to Vandy over the likes of Toledo, Tulane, and UTSA. Following that news, the Commodores now have seven commitments for the 2022 recruiting cycle. Over Kentucky, fans can breathe a little bit of sigh of relief as Keaton and Destin Wade have uh, remained firm in their commitment to the Wildcats. They're twin brothers from Tennessee, uh, committed to Kentucky. But many question whether that would still be the case after Steve Klinkscale uh, decided to leave 
Mark Stoops' program from Michigan. If you're unaware, Klinkscale was a key recruiter for Kentucky in the recruitment of the Wade Twins. Former defensive backs coach is leaving for the same role over at Michigan. Uh, Valerie Wade, the mother of the Kentucky commitments, uh, issued her thoughts on the subject, said committed to a program, not a person. Comment came after Keaton issued his continued support for Big Blue Nation after Klinkscale left the Kentucky program. It's good news for Kentucky for the 2022 recruiting cycle. Keaton is ranked as the nation's number 15 outside linebacker, while Destin is the number 23 athlete in the country. Over at AM, Jimbo Fisher is uh, continuing to talk this offseason during an appearance at the Dallas AM Club's coaches' night this week. Fisher was asked how much of the team's success during the COVID season could be attributed to the strong culture currently in College Station. Jimbo said, quote, well, it is, we want to be in rare air. We're happy. We had a great year. We finished fourth. That's just three spots too low. So we heard Jimbo say last year they want to beat Nick Saban's ass at Alabama, and this week he's saying we want to be number one. That's what I expect from a man making $75 million. And lastly, during an appearance yesterday on the NFL Network, Florida head coach Dan Mullen weighed, on, weighed in on his former star quarterback when he was at Florida, Tim Tebow. Switching positions in the NFL. Dan Mullen said, I think Tim's going to come in, and if you see him, he's so athletic, such a big guy. I think knowing what they do, looking at what Urban's done with them in the past, and offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel there, passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, I don't know what he's going to uh, be your traditional hand-to-the-ground blocking tight end, but he said, I know Tim could do a lot of good things. So we'll see uh, if Tim Tebow is successful in the NFL, switching over to the tight end spot and just one more note from over in Tuscaloosa, the SEC softball tournament continuing on. Yesterday, uh, Florida eliminated Mississippi State, so the top seed moves on. Missouri uh, knocked out LSU, so the fourth seed Missouri moves on. Uh, number two, Arkansas gets upset by the number seven seed, Tennessee, one nothing, And uh, Alabama handles up on Kentucky, so they are all advancing. So today, 3 o'clock Central, 4 Eastern, you will have uh, number one, Florida versus number four, Missouri, and number three, Alabama, taking on number seven, Tennessee, following that. And then we'll have the championship game tomorrow in the SEC tournament. All right, when we return, we're going to talk with our buddy Wes Blankenship, host of the Shock and Ship podcast, talk some Georgia Bulldogs. That's next. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Look, this weekend is the finale of the NBA regular season. Sunday, I think every team is in action on Sunday from starting at like 11 a.m. all the way down into the evening games. So tons of NBA action you can get in on. And then next week we get all the playoffs happening. We got MLB on a nightly basis. You got NHL, UFC, MMA, big UFC fight happening this uh, this weekend. Before you watch any of your next sports action, you want to make sure you're uh, making some bets over at betonline.ag. You can do so on your laptop or mobile device. Head over there right now. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. You will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. Double A State semifinals, Brighton and Coffee Town. Brighton whipped us 29 3 in the regular season. Fourth and goal from the one. Donnie Chugs in the Wildcat. He'll toss back to JC Bingo. Bingo will throw to Nacho Davis for a Coffee Town touchdown. Jumbo Nacho Bingo. 
Man, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Rolling along here, Locked on SEC. Chris Gordy here with you. and Real excited to get a chance to talk with this guy. He uh, works over at Outsider.com, talent content producer over there. But you may recognize him uh, from the uh, being the co-host on the Shock and Ship podcast on the uh, Georgia Podcast Network. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Wes underscore and ship. And, of course, probably most infamous for the viral videos he did of the uh, high school football play-by-play for Coffee Town High School, Wes Blankenship joins us now. Wes, what's going on, man? Hey, Chris. It's it's going well, man. How are you? I, I saw that uh, Houston had a tiger on the loose earlier in the week. Is everyone okay? <laughs> so far, so good. I have not seen the tiger as of yet, but... Um, you know, that could always change. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, – I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, hopefully – I mean, in hindsight, I wish I could go back in time and, you know, if the president had pardoned Joe Exotic, maybe we wouldn't have to worry about things like this, you know? It's a ripple effect. It's a ripple <laughs> effect every day, Chris. One thing affects another, and, you know, the ramifications are just unknown until you have to – deal with a tiger on the loose in your subdivision so uh, I'm, I'm glad you're doing well though thank you for having me on today i'm good man uh i wanted to bring up because uh you know obviously the the viral video you, you had of doing the coffee town uh high school guy someone who has done high school football play-by-play myself those depictions could not have been more accurate have you done high school football broadcasting before you know when i was working in local television we had a deal with uh it's kind of a, a classic, an annual classic. It's called the Corky Kell Classic. And it would be a weekend filled with games, kind of similar uh, to the you know Chick-fil-A kickoff games. And um, I did a few games in the booth, but it was before Coffee Town became a thing. Okay, so going back, looking back on those games, I wish that I had the guts to just let those things fly and let those sayings fly and, you know, just say, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. You know, like (laughs) I I really, it's one of the big regrets in my broadcasting career. (laughs) So I've done both the play-by-play and and color over the years. And there was a guy I worked with years ago in the South. I won't say where, but he asked me to do color commentary for the broadcast and he would do play-by-play. And he kind of, same thing. He had a couple of go-tos. First, he never referred to the football as a football. It was a pumpkin for some reason. So it would be like, oh, I, he'd be like, great. Davis gets the pumpkin and falls ahead for a gain of two. Have you ever heard pumpkin before? No, I've never heard pumpkin. I've heard tater. Obviously, I've heard rock. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, one of my favorite observations of going to any football game at any level, but you usually see this at a high school game is the PA guy that thinks he's doing radio right. so instead of just giving the down and distance or, you know, touchdown field goals, no good, et cetera, et cetera. It's the guy that wants to give every single update uh, of the play. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of laugh at that. I'm not like looking down my nose at anybody that does that because it's it, at the end of the day, it's a football game. It's sports. It's fun. Right. Well, well but one of the things that I heard at a game that uh, would drive me up the wall, anytime there was a flag, the PA guy would say, and we've got more laundry on the field. <laughs> and it wasn't just like every now and then. It was 
any time there was a penalty. And this was a team that I covered semi-regularly. And uh, it would always, I don't know, that for whatever reason, that was the thing that I was just like, if I ever get this opportunity, I am never referring to a penalty flag as laundry. Laundry, right. Well, keep that, keep that. If you ever bring the character back, keep that in mind, and keep totes the pumpkin uh, in there as well. Another thing yeah. this this guy did, whenever I would be make a comment doing color, he would follow it up with, well, "I know that's right, brother." But he did it every time, every <laughs> time yeah. I made a comment. So yeah, we it's a running joke in our office. Anytime somebody says something and nobody says anything, we just throw in, "I know that's right, brother." It covers any anything you would need to say. You know, it's the perfect reaction in any situation. Now, the last thing, and I know we're spending a lot of time on this. Last thing he did that I thought was funny. We're doing a game, and the score was fifty-five to nothing at halftime. And he turns to be completely serious and says, "Now, Chris, if you're Coach Jones, what do you tell your guys at halftime?" And like, I burst out laughing because I'm like. They are down 55 to nothing. What do you mean? What do you tell them at halftime? There's nothing you can tell them at halftime. Absolutely nothing to say other than uh, walking over to your second or third string quarterback and saying, you're up. That's the (laughs) only thing you say, coach. (laughs) But I just, I thought those videos you did were so, I think they, because they became so viral was because so many people could relate to it. Everyone's been to a coffee town or been driving around the car on a Friday night, flipping through the dial and finds a coffee town, high school play-by-play guy. And we've all been there, done that. And you know, that's what's so funny is like sports and comedy and it all kind of crosses over when some, when everything's, when everybody can relate to it, that's when it gets big. Like how big did that get for you? Like, were you getting people all over the country and all over the world retweeting you? Well, it actually went international when a colleague, of mine, Tom Hart with ESPN invited me on to uh, do a virtual call in uh, during one of his Korean baseball <laughs> broadcasts. So, yeah, I took I took Coffee Town over to Korea, man. So That's that, awesome. That was that was that was a highlight. But yeah, I mean, through the pandemic uh, and everything before that, you know, Marty and McGee invited me on their show. One of, the, I guess, one of their last live uh, shows on site. Now that I think about it, the Georgia Texas A and M game in, in November of 2019, and I got to do kind of like a live appearance with them, and uh, that was super cool. And uh, now Marty is like a colleague of mine at Outsider.com, which is a media startup that I work at full time now. But yeah, it was uh, the Coffee Town was something that was rattling around in my mind back to my days of covering local sports and uh, hearing so many of those broadcasts that you mentioned. And I always wondered about potentially doing a stand-up career or writing a book. Uh, I was, you know, inspired at an early age by Louis Grizzard, who is an Atlanta columnist and uh, stand-up comedian and author uh, back from the seventies and eighties and nineties. And, um, you know, I, I, I just thought his career was unique for a guy that did something similar to what I was doing. And I was like, well, if I'm ever going to do stand up, I still haven't, by the way, uh, I've got to, I, I want to go to some improv classes. My wife is like wanting to give me a class for my birthday, but the <laughs> pandemic has had other plans, but anyways, if I was going to do stand up ever, I was like, I need to have a bit. I need to have a, 
uh, a, a routine, something to start out with. And I just dialed in, no pun intended, to these local high school radio broadcasts that I've been hearing every Friday night. And uh, I just thought, you know what? A lot of people can identify with this, but I had no idea just how many people across the country could identify with it until, you know, I took it to Twitter and the videos blew up. And uh, I, I thought it was just a Southern thing, Texas thing. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised to see just how many people have heard something similar to Coffee Town uh, in their upbringing. Yeah, it's it's so funny too with the um, you know the the spot like everything sponsored and that's how those guys make their money, right? I mean, you got to sponsor everything, but it's like oh, yeah. the scoreboard is up, you know, the stats are sponsored, like everything is sponsored and it's just so overboard, but that's yeah. what makes it so unique. It's so good. Well, some of that was the stuff you hear on the radio, but some of that is also drawn from that uh, local TV broadcast that I mentioned a few minutes ago. We had a news director who was just, you know, in local TV, sports, unfortunately, just kind of gets pushed to the wayside. You know, weather and news come first and, and sports gets about three minutes. So for us to have the stage and for us to have these broadcasts and, you know, all these advertisements that were coming on board, it was just something that was a little foreign, I think, to uh, the news director and, and, you know, the production that we normally did. And we were we were getting sponsors. You know, we had like a queso company that was sponsoring every first down and uh, a chicken company that was sponsoring the field goals and stuff. And I was just cracking up because every single time. Yeah. Like we wanted to add some revenue to the to the sports department and to the the local news budget uh, for our station. And we were just hammering those those advertisements because we were told to do it. So, yeah, th there is uh, something unique to that world of of really living and dying by how much ad space you can fill on each broadcast. More with West Blankenship right after this. Built Bar, still the best tasting protein bar out there. We tell you guys all the time, Built Bar, nine delicious flavors, including some occasional limited time flavors. When you talk to a fan of the Built Bar, they're passionate about what their favorites are. If you don't know what the what the Built Bar flavors are, well, you got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's just about something for everyone. My favorite, the mint brownie, you can get uh, loaded with protein. 17 grams of protein in there, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box as well, where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, so you can find the one that you like. Order today, and you can get the raspberry, the mint brownie, whatever you like. Do so at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Continuing our conversation with uh, Wes Blankenship, uh, Outsider.com, co-host of Shock and Ship on the uh, UGA Podcast Network. Let's talk some football, Wes. Um, obviously, you work with former G Georgia quarterback DJ Shockley, and you saw this Bulldog team last year really transform once JT Daniels finally was able to see the field and took over a quarterback. In your mind, what should expectations be for Bulldog fans this season? Well, 
Georgia fans don't need to tell me what their expectations are because they're the same every single year, regardless of who's on the field and who's on the roster. Um, but they should expect a national championship. I mean, realistically this time, not, not unrealistically, uh, like, like a lot of seasons happen to be, you know, and I think once Jamie Newman decided to transfer last season, a national championship expectation was unrealistic. Um, unfortunately, and I love Stetson Bennett and I'm a, you will not find a bigger fan of Stetson Bennett than me, but he's not uh, the game changer at quarterback that an SEC team, a playoff team needs to win a national championship. Uh, JT Daniels did not appear until it was a little too late until Florida had all but wrapped up the division. And unfortunately, Kirby Smart, the only reputation he had up until that point was the Justin Fields, Jake Fromm decision, which is what it is and and people didn't really give him the benefit of the doubt but look JT Daniels was coming off a pretty uh hefty knee surgery in recovery and if you're looking at this guy as your future at least for the 2021 season are you going to put him out on the field in 2020 during a pandemic when everything is weird before you absolutely have to probably not um so when JT did show up and he Look, he played against some defenses that weren't the best, weren't the top in the SEC. But what is defense in the SEC anymore anyway? I mean, no one's holding a team to 16, 17, hell, even you know, 20 points anymore. So you have to have a quarterback that can do what JT Daniels showed that he's capable of doing. And I thought it was very important for Georgia to win that uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl against Cincinnati, and uh, and they did, and – the expectations are what they are because of that. Now, with George Pickens going down, there aren't many receivers in, in college football right now that can change a game like George Pickens can when he's healthy. But Georgia has a real committee right now, unlike anything they've ever had. And I'm not saying that it's 2020 Alabama, but this was a real weak point on this team going back a couple years, two, three years ago. And now I think JT Daniels has, at any given moment, with the players on the field, uh, with Kiaris Jackson coming back, Burton, who got a little dinged up during spring, but he'll be good to go. Uh, you have a freshman named Arian Smith, uh, who's, who's a red shirt, didn't burn it because he only played in a couple games last year, and he, he runs lightning quick. I think his, his 100-meter time, is as fast or faster than what Miko Hardman's time was when he was at Georgia. And you watch the Chiefs, you know how fast he is. So right. uh, there are players that can collectively replace George Pickens. And uh, where that that day when when Pickens did tear his ACL seemed pretty dark for Georgia fans, I think with a few weeks to really reflect on it and think about it, I think at the receiver position, JT Daniels has everything and more he could want to throw to. I know you didn't mention Adonai Mitchell there, but that's a guy, I mean, I, for those of us who watched the spring game, like you saw that guy, you're like, okay, I think they're going to be just fine at the, at the receiver spot. But I think you make a great point. I mean, you got a, a, you know, a stud at the tight end spot. I mean, like they've got so many weapons. It's not like Georgia didn't have weapons before, but this does feel like even without Pickens, this is going to be a really good group. 
yeah, Darnell Washington, the kid from Las Vegas, six seven, I believe, two hundred and sixty five pounds. Gosh, yeah, hard to miss that. <laughs> hard to miss that. And uh, think Georgia fans have really been clamoring for a long time to see the tight end be used effectively. And uh, if, if if he's not, I'll just say it's it's borderline offensive if that doesn't happen this year because that is the kind of player Georgia's needed at tight end for a long time. I want to touch on the schedule real quick. And and look, every, there's going to be tons of hype for September 4th, Georgia versus Clemson. It, it's going to be this monster, monster game. I'm looking online right now. It says tickets as low as $292 to get in the door. It's like, my God. But it does feel like that's a bit of a game that either team could lose and you still have your whole season ahead of you. And what what I mean by that is obviously if Georgia runs the table after that, they're going to, you know, go to the SEC Championship. They're going to win the East and, you know, potentially get in the playoff that way. And the same thing with Clemson if they run the table in the ACC. So, it's not a game that makes or breaks your season, but if you win that one, man, does Georgia's, you know, like confidence level go at an all-time high as they head into SEC play? If Georgia wins that one, at that point, as a Georgia fan, you are looking at the schedule and you are wondering which game that shouldn't be scary will be scary <laughs> because of your conditioning in years past. And I won't blame you for a second for thinking that. But other than Florida and Auburn in the SEC, you know, Arkansas is coming to Athens and they should be better than they were last year. I love Sam Pittman. Uh, love, love Sam Pittman. Every day, even when he's coaching against Georgia, where where I went to school, um, but I'm I'm still able to look at this team objectively and say, you know, Tennessee, you know, Heupel, is he going to have them competitive? Uh, what can he do taking over that right. that program? You know, what what can he do right away? Um, Kentucky, Kentucky's feisty. Kentucky scraps with Georgia. But are they going to beat? Are they going to come into Athens and beat Georgia? You know, I, I don't know. That that's what your mindset is, though. If you beat Clemson, it really is just don't f it up between now and the SEC championship. If it's not Georgia in the East in in Atlanta in December, who is it? Like, if they slip up, is it? I mean, is it as simple as say? Is it? It's either Florida or Georgia again. It depends on what Florida can do. Uh, replacing Trask and Emory Jones is a guy that was really kind of overshadowed. He, he came out of the state of Georgia, Heard County, in the same recruiting class that Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence did. Okay. But he hasn't had his shot to be a starter. Mullen has kind of taken him in and out of games and uh, it, it, it hasn't like been the Emory Jones show. If Emory Jones is able to like really take what's in Dan Mullen's mind and turn it into plays on the field, then yeah, it will be Georgia or Florida again. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Emory Jones as an SEC quarterback being the guy to really like anoint him as that guy yet. 
It'll be fun to see uh, how it plays out. Obviously, you know, like we touched on, high expectations for the Georgia Bulldogs once again, but I think even higher this year with what they've got coming back and obviously what they've done in recruiting. Kirby has, has loaded up a monster over there and uh, can't wait to see it uh, out on the field this fall and, and what they do. Uh, West Blanketship, uh, let our listeners know what you got uh, going on over at Outsider.com because um, I know you touched on it a little bit already, but really cool stuff. I was looking through the website earlier today, and like you mentioned, Marty Smith doing a podcast and whole tons tons of stuff you got going on there, right? Yeah, I mean it is a, a content machine. Uh, articles coming out at all hours of the day. I'm focused on video content creation, um, some shows in development. Uh, we plan to be doing some some Coffee Town elements later on in the fall, <laughs> and uh, just a, as a startup that's created by Shannon Terry who has uh, launched a couple websites called Rivals in the past and 24-7 Sports. I've never, never heard of those. If you're familiar with those. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, an interesting, uh, it's an interesting space. We are focused on things that really unite Americans, just authentic stories, um, not being influenced one way or another, left or right, uh, politically by the stories we cover, a lot of com- country music, emphasis and a lot on uh things that people do you know to stay active outside and and really just enjoy where we live in this country and the outdoor sector has boomed through this pandemic i don't think it's going to slow down a lot of people camping a lot of people hiking and and getting outdoors that uh that might not have been doing as much fishing or hunting as they had in the past so we're just getting started, but a lot of that kind of content is coming down the pipes, and uh, we invite you to take part of it uh, before we take off. Well, awesome. Great stuff, Wes. It's uh, been a blast catching up with you, man. Uh, been a, uh, enjoying following you on Twitter for a long time. I love the McConaughey videos, the Coffee Town videos, all that stuff. Great, great stuff. And uh, I'll definitely be uh, checking out more and more at uh, Outsider.com to see what you got going there. And, of course, the podcast with uh, DJ Shockley again uh, throughout this year heading into uh, the football season. Uh, Wes Blankenship, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Have a good week. Thanks, man. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening and appreciate Wes Blankenship for joining us there. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Wes underscore N-Ship, the letter N-S-H-I-P, Wes underscore N-Ship. But uh, really good stuff out there. He does a a great Matthew McConaughey impression and, of course, uh, some videos that he's putting out there promoting his website, Outsider.com, and, of course, the Shock and Ship Uh, podcast does a a fantastic job that is going to do for me chris gordy a reminder to check out the locked on today podcast you get it five days a week all the latest on what's going on around the sports world at locked on today make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcast and of course check out some of our other great podcasts on the locked on podcast network locked on razorbacks locked on auburn locked on lsu whatever your favorite SEC School List. You can find a podcast about it on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here, Locked On SEC. Hit the ball.